Well, the title of this message today is Sit Before You Serve. Sit Before You Serve. Now, I know that sounds like instructions you'd give to a dog that's trained, right? <laughs> but uh, stick with me, and uh, I believe God is going to teach us all something today uh, from the Word of God. And I feel like this is so important to us. And You know, every one of you has a ministry. A lot of times we hear the word ministry, what do you think of? Preaching, right. And you th- We use terms like, are you in the ministry? Like, okay, there's this group of people that are special and they're called and they preach and then there's the rest of us. But I want you to know that that's not what the Bible teaches, that we're all in the ministry. And you are in the ministry. You have a ministry. Say, I have a ministry. That's, that's good to remember and know. And uh, let me just kind of help you understand what that means. To, to have a ministry means that your life plays a part in advancing the kingdom of God in many, many different ways. And the more that you understand this, the more you can be effective in your life. And so a lot of times we think, well, ministry is what happens in a church on Sunday. But really, ministry is what happens in your life every day, on your job, in your home, with your family, out in your community, when you're, you know, when you're at HEB or when you're at the bank. Ministry is how your life affects the people around you. Now, there's gifts and callings that you have. Some people sing. Some people sing and shouldn't sing. Amen or oh me, right? (laughs) And uh, some people, you know, are good with numbers, and some people are good with people. Some people are creative. And, you know, everybody has kind of gifts that go along with your life and the ministry of your life and how you impact the world. And some of the ways that we, I think we miss our ministry is we miss things like your job is a ministry. And, and you want to know why? It's because God has called you to provide for your family. Amen? God has called you, and when you get up and you go to work, you're doing just as godly a thing as me coming up here and preaching the Word of God. Amen? You got to get that. Now, some people think, well, I'm going to do something spiritual and I'm going to go pray. And I, I advocate praying, I believe in that. But it is also spiritual to go to work. Paul said, hey, don't be idle. Why don't you get up, go find you a job so that you can take care of your family and also help other people. It's a spiritual, biblical, godly thing to go to work. To be married and to love your husband and your wife the way the Bible says that you should. To, to care for them and, and, and to follow that, uh, that marriage covenant together. That's a biblical, spiritual ministry that you're in. Do you know that my number one person that I'm responsible to as a minister, is Kathy Avery. She's at home right now because she's recovering from the flu, and I mean, it has been bad on her this week, and so bad that I've had to make food for her, which when I say make food, I mean a TV dinner or go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But I actually had to do dishes, which, you know, you put them in the washer, and then you have to push the button. It's awful. but, uh, I, you know, she's my number one responsibility. And I, and I love you, but you know what? My family, God put my family there, and I have to take care of my wife first. And sometimes we have so many elements of our life that we don't think of as ministry or spiritual. But if we do, we can be better prepared to be effective in them. Because truthfully, the most ministry you will do is not going to happen in this building. And I get so like frustrated when I hear people say things like, well, I wish I had something I could do for the Lord. Pastor, you got something I can do in church? Well, um, we all can do something for the Lord by loving our families, taking care, going to work, uh, loving our neighbors as ourselves. There's one. 
Come on, being a being a, a positive influence on our job side and representing Christ in our community and and maybe maybe you could join the PTA and be a positive influence there or something like that and get out of this mindset that ministry is a guy in a suit on Sunday morning. Ministry is your life affecting the world for Jesus. Have we got that so far? I wanted to get that in your brain because the next thing that I wanted to talk about is the frustration that comes along with being in ministry. Life can be frustrating. What happens is we, we go to jobs. Uh, we go to school. We, we pay the bills. We go to church. We have responsibilities. We have all these things, and it can get frustrating at times. How many of you have ever been frustrated on your job before? How many of you have ever been frustrated with your wife? Don't raise your hand. That was a trick. You just got sucked into it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Been frustrated with your neighbor? We were talking about this outside this morning. I used to have neighbors that walk their dog. They take their dog away from their yard into my yard to poop in my yard. I'm like, you got a yard? What a, what's up, huh? Why you got to come to my yard and use it like your dog's toilet, right? It was so frustrating, and it's easy to get frustrated in life. And, and we get so frustrated, pretty soon we start complaining. We start verbalizing our frustration. We can even get bitter and angry, upset. I've told this story before, but I had a boss one time that, like, he liked to fuss at everybody. So on the drive to work, I would gear up for the fight. I'd be ready to argue with him to the point where sometimes he wasn't even in a bad mood and he wasn't trying to argue, but I would bark back and go, oh, okay, I, I see. I got myself so ready, so frustrated that I became the problem, and it's easy to do that because, let me tell you something, life is too big for you to do on your own. You were never meant to do life on your own. You were never meant to do ministry on your own. That's why it's so easy for us to get bitter and frustrated and angry. And eventually the word that comes is we get burned out. And when we get burned out, we just want to quit. We want to throw our hands in the air. And I can, I can see it in church so many times. We have people that come and they're excited and they want to work. And so they do works in the church and, and they give and they're, they're just excited about it. But then the enthusiasm begins to fade and they start to look around at what's going on in, in the church. And they're not maybe pleased with how other people are acting and they start getting bitter and complaining, and, and you can just watch the frustration on them, and pretty soon they just want to quit. They just want to quit church and, and give up and go on and, and do their own thing, or they want to quit their job. I see it all the time, people that go on social media and complain about their job. And, 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 and you know, I, I realize that it's probably not the job. It's probably just your attitude about the job. Come on. Are you all with me today? That if you change your attitude, the job would change. People are frustrated with their, their, their marriage, their kids, or whatever, and, and they get mad and angry to the point where they just want to throw their hands in the air, and some of them quit. They quit their marriage, they quit the church, they quit uh, their jobs, they, they quit school, they quit everything. And there's a reason most of the time that we burn out, we get messed up, is because we're trying to serve our purpose before we sat in the presence of God. Now, somebody needs to say amen to that. I came to tell you today that before you serve, you need to sit in the presence of God. I'm going to read to you the story of Mary and Martha. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he, speaking of Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, 
Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Father, I just thank you for this word. And I just pray today, God, that it would just be embedded in our spirits. That we get revelation, Lord, in our spirits about our life. And Father, that we would learn, Lord, from your word in such a way that it would transform us and change us, Lord, more into the image of Jesus, God. And I just present my life, my spirit, my soul, and my body to you, God, to be used for your will. Let this not be me, God, but let it be you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I came to tell you today that you need to sit at the feet of Jesus before you serve at his table. You need to sit at the feet of Jesus before you serve at his table. We have this simple story. Jesus shows up and he's in town and Martha invites him to his house. And Martha starts thinking like the rest of us do. And as we read the story of Martha, we, we can kind of relate to Martha. Jesus is coming to her house, so she needs to prepare food. She needs to get the house clean. She needs to get everything in order. While her sister is just sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him talk. She starts to get frustrated and upset with him. Or with her little sister. And, and she's, uh, she, she even goes to Jesus and complains. Jesus, would you please tell uh, Mary that she needs to come help me do the work of the Lord. Right? Sounds reasonable. She's just sitting there. That's uh, Work is important. Getting stuff done matters. We're doing this for Jesus. And he's our guest. And, and he's important. And we need to get busy. But Jesus said, no, what's most important is what Mary is doing, sitting at my feet, listening to my word, being transformed by my presence. That's what God wants you to get today. When you get frustrated, angry, bitter, upset in your life, in your job, in your ministry, in your church, in your marriage, whatever it may be, there's a good chance that you've spent too little time at the feet of Jesus and too much time trying to do everything on your own. You were never meant to do it on your own. Look at Martha. She's working hard. I mean, she looks like the kind of person a pastor would want in his church because she is getting it done. She's getting the work done. Can I tell you, I would rather have a hundred Marys who sit at the feet of Jesus than a thousand Marthas who don't. And there's a reason I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but I, can I tell you that if you sit first, you will serve better. If you sit first, you will last longer. If you sit first, you will do what God wants you to do. and You won't be traipsing off doing the wrong thing. Come on. But Martha immediately went into this mindset of I need to do for Jesus. That sounds like a good thing I need to do for Jesus. And I believe in serving for God. I believe in doing for Jesus. The problem that we, we have is we get messed up and we think the first thing I need to do is do for Jesus. It's a mindset that says somehow it's important that I accomplish things. And I want you to know right now that there's something bigger than you accomplishing something. That serving God is not the most important thing in your life. Martha had the wrong reasons for serving God too. A lot of people serve God for the wrong reasons. They're doing it to get pats on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that naming themselves apostle this or prophet that because they want pats on the back. I don't know if you're an apostle or prophet or not. I'd rather just watch how you live your life and see if the evidence is there rather than read your business card. I'm getting in it now, ain't I? I'm getting in it. 
Come on. Sometimes we, we do things to be seen of men because we enjoy a good pat on the back. Listen, when my sermon is over, I'd much rather you tell me it was a great sermon than a, a, a bad one. I mean, I enjoy a good compliment just like anybody else. But can I tell you something? Serving because other people see you is not the reason you should serve. Martha had the wrong reason in mind. I don't know if she was trying to impress Jesus or impress other people, but, but sometimes people do things for, for God simply because they want the praise of men. I had somebody tell me one time, I do all this work in the back of the church so that you can look good up there. And I said, my dear, dear God, you, you got the wrong reason for doing it. I don't need you to make me look good. I look good on my own, don't I? <laughs> don't answer that. You should be doing this to make him look good, amen. You should be doing this to please your father, amen. You should be doing this because you sat at his feet and he transformed your life. And now you want to do something good in his favor, amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes, here's the truth, sometimes the wrong reason that we do things is because we just feel like we need to get things done. You know, I'm, my wife and I hadn't been feeling good this week, and both of us have felt guilty because we hadn't been getting things done. She, Kathy's about to go crazy because she can't get things done. Uh, you know, she's laying in bed, and I'm like, what do you need? I'll get it. You know, she can't get her foot out. of the, She can't even lift her foot out of the covers. And I'm like, woman, what do you need, right? But we have, some of us are, have been trained to accomplish things, and so we don't feel like we're worth anything unless we're getting stuff done. And so we go to church, we go to work, we go to whatever, and we feel like our job is to accomplish things for the kingdom. And there's nothing wrong. We need to accomplish things for the kingdom. But when we think that's the first thing about our life that matters is what I do for Jesus, we've missed out on the part, the most important part, the good part, the one thing Jesus said that you really need that matters the most. You can have the wrong reasons and then you can have the wrong attitude. Oh, Martha had the wrong attitude about serving God. And it started with comparisons. I'm going to hit you where you live now. Are you ready for it? If you're serving God and you're complaining about somebody who ain't doing as much as you are, you got the wrong attitude. Are you doing this so that we can all be equal? Are you doing this for the praise of people? If you're doing it for God, you'll do it alone. I told somebody recently, and I mean it. God called me. I know what he called me to do. But every Sunday morning, it takes a couple hours to set up all this stuff and put it all together. And we have people come, just awesome people that come, and they sacrifice, and they make this all come together so everyone else can show up and enjoy the service and the Spirit of God. And while, while everybody else talks and goes home, people stay here, and they, they, they tear down, and they put the, the building back the way it was, and, and we all do what we need to do. Can I tell you something? That if every one of the people helping us do that was to go away, me and Kathy would do it ourselves i would do it because i know what god called me to do amen and and i don't do it because i need the praise of people i'm not looking at somebody else and saying well if you're not going to do it i'm not going to do it either why should i work if they're not going to work why should i give if they don't give well because your relationship with god isn't based upon what other people do it's based upon you and god amen and you need to say, God, if you said to do it, I'm going to do it. If you said to give it, I'm going to give it. And it doesn't matter. If that brother or sister ain't doing what they should be doing, that's between them and God. Come on, come on. Come on. She got into this comparison thing. You know, people who work hard, we do that a lot. You know, you, you, you work and you get a lot done and you start looking at other people and saying, well, it would get better if they would just participate, if they would just help out and all this. Can I tell you something? That's not your business. 
That's God's business. Amen. And if you take care of you and keep the right attitude, you might be able to make not only an impact on what you're doing, but the people around you. But Martha had the wrong attitude. You can serve and get things accomplished and still hurt the kingdom of God. Listen, when you're doing something to accomplish something and you feel like it's a good thing, but you hurt other people in the process, you've missed out on what matters most. It's about people. Jesus said, go feed them. Go visit them. Go do for them. Because if you do it for them, it's just like you've done it for me. People are what matters. Not getting things accomplished. Number one, we must learn that we must sit at the feet of Jesus if we want to serve at his table effectively. We can have the wrong reasons. We can have the wrong attitude. and just We can really be a detriment if we're not careful to the kingdom of God. And sometimes, you know why that happens? Because we didn't sit at the feet of Jesus. We got an attitude, and, and, and we, we start getting frustrated and mad and upset. Listen, if you show up here every week and you set the chairs out and you don't sit at the feet of Jesus, I promise you, you're going to get tired of setting the chairs out. You're going to get weary. You're going to start looking around at other people that don't set the chairs out, and you're going to get mad that they don't do what you're doing. And, and, and when you give and you don't see them giving and you don't think they're giving, first of all, you don't know who's giving or not giving by what happens on a Sunday morning. Come on. But we can get frustrated and think, I'm doing this all by myself. And, and, and nobody's, if everybody would help, and you get frustrated, angry, and pretty soon you're bitter and burn out and you want to quit. Come on. Have you ever got to that point in your life? I came to tell somebody there's a reason that you're getting burned out. Because you haven't spent enough time in the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus that transforms our lives. Hallelujah. We can do it for the wrong reasons, got the wrong attitude, and we start getting frustrated, angry, and burnt out. And there's a reason for that because the life that you live was never to be intended for you to live it in your own power. What happens is we get in the flesh and we start functioning in the natural and you can't do it. You can't be the employee you need to be in the natural, in the flesh. You can't be the husband or wife that you need to be in the flesh. You can't be the father or mother or the, the church worker or the person who puts the chairs down on Sunday morning. You can't be who you need to be in the flesh. To serve God is a spiritual, supernatural thing. It's bigger than just what happens here on earth. Amen? And it's sacrificial. It's going to cost you something. Come on now. To serve God, to serve God on your job and in your home and in your community, in your church, to, to do your ministry is going to cost you something. You know, one of the biggest problems we have in the church today, not necessarily this church, but the church in general, is everybody's looking for what God can give them, and people aren't counting what they can give to Jesus. They're not willing to lay down some time for Jesus. Come on. It's to the point where people would rather just put some money in the, in the offering rather than to spend an hour in, at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Can I just, instead of volunteering, can I just put some money in, right? Come on. I'm getting real with you today. It's going to cost you something to live the life that God called you to live. Amen? It's not about everything that you want. It's about doing what God wants in your life. And there are times when you've got to make a choice to do what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To be who God wants you to be. Thank you, Jesus. Martha got burnt out and she started getting frustrated and she even complained to Jesus. Jesus, would you please tell my sister 
I'll never forget, I had someone call me from church. They don't, they don't go to church here anymore, but a few years back, they, the wife called me and said, Pastor, my husband won't help me with the dishes. Would you please tell him that he needs to help me with the dishes? And I, I wanted to say, oh, you lost your mind. I don't care about your dishes. But I politely said, you know, how y'all work y'all's marriage out is y'all's business, and I'll pray for you. Amen. Just love one another. I, I said the right thing. My heart was thinking, what in the world? Why do you want me to get involved? Uh, she, here's Martha going, Jesus, would you please tell her that she needs to be doing what I think she should be doing? You know, that's that other spirit that's wrong, too, is like whatever I'm doing is, is what matters most, and nobody else is doing anything because they're not helping me. Some, one time I had a guy that was very involved in the uh, stopping uh, abortion. He's in the pro-life movement. He wanted to stop the killing of babies. I'm all, I would pray for him, all for him. But he was so frustrated. He didn't understand why all of us, all the Christians in the world, didn't just go and just take over something. And I'm like, well, because some of us are busy uh, being missionaries to the Philippines. And some of us are trying to save Austin. Uh, you know, some people are working in this area and this area. Just because you're working in an area doesn't mean it's the only area God's working in. And just because somebody else isn't working in your area doesn't mean they're not doing something important for God. Come on. But, but Lord, what she's doing don't matter. What I'm doing is, is what matters. So she needs to stop what she's doing and come over here and do what I'm doing. And Jesus had to straighten her out. Listen, if you've been frustrated with your walk in God, frustrated with your ministry, frustrated with your life, there's a good chance that you just need to do one simple thing, and that is sit at the feet of Jesus more often. Amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mary had it right the first time. Jesus said to Martha, oh, you're worried with so many things. Woo, you got all this stuff on you. You know what worry is? It's you trying to take responsibility for stuff you ain't big enough to handle. Mm -hmm. It's like you being concerned about uh, changing the weather. You can't change the weather. You might as well just let it rain or let it be hot or whatever. Wear a jacket, wear a t-shirt, whatever it is. Just relax. Worry is when you try to take on stuff that doesn't belong to you. He said, Martha, you got all this stuff on you and you just need to relax a little bit. You're bothered with many things, but Mary has found the one thing that really matters, and that is to sit at the feet of Jesus. You see, why Martha was thinking, I need to do for Jesus, Mary was thinking, I just need to be with Jesus. Is somebody with me today? Oh, I need to just sit at the feet of the master and soak him into my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mary had it right the first time. It was the good part. Hallelujah. Sometimes we think, oh, I got this thing done. I wrote this article. I, I did this for somebody. I visited somebody in the hospital. All that's good. But Jesus said, you know what's better and more important than all of that is that you just stop your world. You tell everybody else no, and you sit at the feet of the Savior, and you let him minister to you. You have communion with him. He gets inside of you. You get inside of him, and everything changes. Hallelujah. But you've got to make a choice. He said Mary has chosen. Come on, if you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to just move you, you know, just like lift you up and take you to a room and turn the TV off so that you can spend time in the presence of God, you better keep waiting because the choice is on you, brother and sister. The choice is on you to carve out some time for God. Amen. You know, when you carve out time, that means something's got to get cut. Amen. And it's up to you to make decisions about what gets cut so that you can just sit at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Mary knew what was important, and she didn't care the stuff wasn't getting done. She was getting fed in her soul. Hallelujah. She was getting fed in the depths of her soul. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and she made the choice to just commune with him, to just talk to him and listen to what he had to say. Transformation takes place in that. You know what happens at the feet of Jesus? Rest happens at the feet of Jesus. Come on, when you stop the world and you just sit in his presence, he gives you rest. Some of you are weary from doing good. Some of you are just weary from working. Some of you are weary from the struggles of this life. I told my wife this week, I feel like this past month, I've spent way more time trying to stop the world from robbing us. Every, the, the electric company tried to overcharge us. People trying to overcharge us. And, and I just on the phone trying to get our money back. You ever feel like the world is trying to just, I, I want to be nice, but sometimes they won't let me be nice, right? And I got to get on the phone, chase people down, and send threatening emails and stuff so that they don't just steal our money away from us, right? And sometimes it can get weary. Life can just get weary. You go to work every day, you pay the bills, and pretty soon you're weary. You go to school and you do the same thing and you get weary. But when you sit at the feet of Jesus is where you'll find rest, amen? Hallelujah. Not only will you find rest at the feet of Jesus, you'll find strength. When you rest, you receive strength. And you need strength when you're weary, amen? You need to be rejuvenated. And when you just sit at the feet of Jesus, it feeds your spirit, your soul, and your body. And you will become strengthened and able to do what you need to do. Not only will you find strength, but you'll find wisdom. Come on, can I tell you something? Some of the reasons that you're not successful in the things you do is because you don't have wisdom and you're not doing the things you should be doing in the first place. Maybe you see a problem and the first thing you think is, oh, I need to go over here and get my hands on this problem and fix it. And, and you just keep messing with this problem and trying to fix it up. And the more you mess with it, the worse it gets. Because you didn't sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him say, hey, you know what? Just pray about it. Just have faith and keep your distance because I'm working over there and doing something you don't know. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, he gives you clarity. You begin to see people, jobs, situations, church, ministry, your community. You start to see it the way he sees it, and that's the true way that it is. And when you see things the way they are really are in the world, that's when you can respond to those things the way you should. That's the when you can treat your wife the way you should. Oh, Harold, when you sit in the presence of Jesus, you're a better husband. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, when you go to work, when you go to work, Sharon, if you've sat in the presence of Jesus, you're a better employee. You're a better co-worker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Do you know when I've sat in the presence of Jesus, I'm a better pastor. I'm a, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. His transformation gives me wisdom and helps me become the person that I need to be. We get rest, strength, wisdom, clarity, and we get power when we sit at the feet of Jesus. Come on, somebody with me. Amen. And you need it. When you say, I can't do this anymore, you're right. Without God, you can't do it. Your life was meant to be a vessel of the power of the Spirit working within your life. You need the Holy Spirit at work in you. You need His power at work in you. And listen, when you're saved, you receive the Spirit in your life, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He is with you and in you. 
The problem is, is that sometimes the way we think and focus, we get in the flesh and pretty soon our flesh is so big, our thinking and our mindset and our, uh, what we see and feel and touch and hear in the world, that becomes so big and the spirit so small that God is barely getting through in our lives. And pretty soon we're not working in his strength, we're working in our weakness. And we become ineffective, frustrated, bitter, and burned out. Oh, but if we just spend some time in the feet of Jesus, he would transform our lives and help us have the power we need to be who he called us to be. Praise his name. Mary found that good thing. She made the choice to sit at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't mean Mary never served. It means she sat before she served. Come on. It means she took time to just be in the presence of Jesus. She understood that me and him together is more important than me over here on my own doing my own thing. I want you to think of it like this. Let's say you're married and it's, you want to do something special for your wife's birthday. And so you're going to make her a very romantic meal and you spend all day working in the kitchen. She comes home and you, you tell her, sit down. You got the table ready. And you, you bring the dishes out and you serve the food and she eats while you're doing stuff in the kitchen. And then when she's done with the main course, you bring out dessert and you feed her dessert. And you go, as soon as she starts eating, you're putting up the dishes from the main course. And, and you wash the dishes and you spend all this time and you get all the kitchen clean just for her. You're doing all this stuff. You made her dinner. You served it to her. You cleaned the kitchen. The only problem is you didn't sit down and spend a moment with her. What do you think she's going to say to you? She's going to say, baby, that was nice. I really appreciate that. But can I have five minutes with you? That's what God's telling us when we get so busy doing stuff. He's saying, hey, look, I appreciate your hard work. I appreciate all you're doing. I love you for, for your efforts and stuff. I see you and, and I appreciate you. But can we just have five minutes to just me and you sit down and hang out together? Because I love you, and I, I, just, I just like, God. do you know what? God likes hanging out with you. He's got your picture on, your, on his phone. Yeah, and, and, and he loves you, and he loves to tell stories about you in heaven. I believe he tells the angels. I believe the angels roll their eyes, and he's like, hey, hey, did you see what Allison did today? And they're like, oh, here we go again. This is, uh, Daddy loves his kids. Yeah, we get it. God, you love your daughter. You got to tell us that story again. Hey, you remember the time that Allison did that? That was so awesome. The angels are going, oh, Lord, here we go again. Yeah, we get it, Father. He loves you that much. He just wants to spend time with you. But more importantly than that, he knows that if you spend time with him, it will transform who you are. There is a you that deep inside you know you can be. And you know the answer to that? It's really not hard work that's the answer to that. It's really not about like, did you go to school or not go to school or did you read enough or did you study or did you marry the right person? Did you save your money? It's really not about any of that. That person that you long to be, that you can see in your spirit, that's who God sees and that's who he created you to be. And the key to that is one thing, Christ in you. When you sit at his feet and Jesus gets inside of your life, he will transform you into the person that you need to be. I'm not saying you're not supposed to serve God. I am an advocate of working for the kingdom. How many of you know that? Amen. I'm here to tell you today, though, if you want to serve him the way you should, if you want to be effective and avoid burning out in your life, what you need to do is find some time to just sit at the feet of Jesus. Because if you sit at the feet of Jesus, when it's time to get up, 
You will have strength. You will have a clarity and wisdom and power to go and do what God calls you to do if you just spend time in his presence first. Now, I know some people may be wondering, how in the world am I supposed to spend time at the feet of somebody who's not here physically on earth anymore? How do I spend time at the feet of Jesus? Number one is in his word. You see, we get messed up about the Bible. We think the Bible is like an instruction manual, right? And what do we do with the instruction manual? We set it to the side until we get stuck. And then we go look and find out why we got stuck. Come on. Any of you shopped at Ikea? You know what I'm talking about. How many of you are like me? You're like, I don't need that. I know where this stuff goes. Oh, I can tell. And you start putting it together, and pretty soon it ain't going right. And you're like, oh, where's them instructions at? I need, I need to see where we're at, right? And that's how a lot of people treat the Bible. Like, I can just live, and then I'll get stuck. Then I go to the Word, but the Word is not an instruction manual. The Word is Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh. Amen. When you read your Bible, you're reading the life of Jesus and taking him into your mind, into your soul, and into your spirit. Hallelujah. You need to have more of the Word than this time on Sunday morning. You need to fall in love with the Word of God and get into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Oh, I pray if you would just read the Bible as much as you read Facebook. I'm all, I'm all in your business now, ain't I? Ooh. I speak because I live, right? I'm here too, right? Yeah. You get that, you get that little, how many of you got a phone that gives you that little notification tells you that somebody said something on Facebook? about a post or something, they commented or whatever, and that little, that little red number just screams at you, check me, See, you better check me, you can't move on with your life, you can't do anything until you stop and you find out what this notification is telling you. Sometimes I wish we had a notification for the word of God, like, like, like the Holy Spirit would just give us a notification where we couldn't go on until we stopped and we read what the scriptures say about our lives, amen? The word of God. Is how you sit at the feet of Jesus. Prayer is how you sit at the feet of Jesus. Come on, talk to God. Can I tell you a secret? You don't have to speak in King James Version. You don't have to sound like Shakespeare when you pray. Talk to God like a normal person. Amen? Just talk to him and like he's your heavenly father because that's exactly who he is. You can be respectful, right, and be honest with him. and You can tell him when you're frustrated or you don't understand what he's doing. God can handle it. Amen? Talk to God. There's something about you expressing yourself to him because it puts your weakness in him. Come on. It puts your weakness in him. You're, you're, the problem is you're living in your weakness and you need to put your weakness in him. Tell God all about it. Talk to God. It does wonderful things for you. And you begin to sense his presence and reality. And then listen to the voice of the Lord. And You know, there's a, there's a word in the Bible that's called meditation. And we don't like to hear that anymore because it has some recent, over the last few decades, some connotations that we don't like. It, it, it's associated with, like, uh, you know, uh, crystal balls and things like that and reading tarot cards and meditation, you know. But there was a time when people used to say they could float. They would sit. Do you remember that? Any of y'all old enough? All the people who would sit and say they, they could meditate until they reached a place where they could float, right? And all they were doing was just jumping or something. <laughs> I don't know. And, and uh, it was just kind of the silliest thing in the world to me. But I'm not talking about that kind of meditation. Let me tell you how to meditate on the Lord and sit at, at the feet of Jesus. Meditation means to focus your mind on God. 
okay, to sit in his presence, turn the TV off, shut off every other voice, and listen to the voice of God. Think about his word. Think about your life. Think about what God is doing, and God will speak to you. And the key to that is when you start hearing Martha scream at you from over on the side over there is you got to ignore her. Because can I tell you something? The world is full of Marthas telling you you need to stop what you're doing and get busy. You're not accomplishing anything just sitting there. You need to get busy. Why don't you do something different? And for every voice that's screaming at you, you got to stop listening to that and just stay focused. When I meditate on the Lord, I sit in his presence. And and sometimes I like to listen to music that has no words to it because it, it helps drown out any noise. And I just think. And when my mind wanders off to the bills, come on. I catch myself with the help of the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, nope, that's not what I'm here for. I get back in the presence of God. And when my mind gets drifting off on, on the responsibility of church, I'm like, nope, that's not what I'm here for. I came to meditate upon the Lord my God. Can I tell you something? I've got more from sitting in the presence just focused thinking about God than anything else I've ever done. I wish you could get the revelation. I sat in the chair last night in silence. My wife's at the table doing a puzzle. And I, be, I was praying and, and going over this message today. And the Holy Spirit just began to reveal to me what he was trying to say. And I just began to weep in the presence of the Lord. And I wish for you that you had the kind of sit in the presence of Jesus life that I have experienced. And I'm not here to tell you I do it right all the time. But there are moments when I can feel Jesus in my presence hallelujah and it is in those moments that I am so close to him I am in him and he is in me let me tell you something church I don't come so you can fill me up I don't come to church here this morning so that I can get off of you although sometimes I do but I have a personal relationship at the feet of Jesus I spend time with him and he transforms who I am and I bring that with me to the house of God to share with other people. Come on. And you can too. When you sit in the presence of Jesus, the word of God overwhelms the flesh. It overwhelms the voices of the world. The spirit overwhelms the flesh and and he gets inside of me and I get inside of him and there's this communion thing that's going on. You see, when you get in the word and you pray, oh, here's something else you can do to sit at the feet of Jesus. Just worship him. Just worship him. Hallelujah. Oh, one of the things I pray for our church is that we would learn to worship. Now, I know some people, you know, some people say, well, you know, we're, this doesn't look like a church building. I have a hard time worshiping, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I really am. I'm praying that you get beyond that because if you need a, an atmosphere for you to worship, then you, need some, you got some growing to do. Oh, well, this ain't my kind of music. I can't, I can't worship to this. Well, you've got some growing to do. Because if Paul could worship God in a jail after having been beaten, having to pee in a bucket in the corner, come on, I'm getting real with you now. If Paul could worship God so so devoutly, so strongly, so passionately full of the Spirit that the walls of the prison fell down, then you and I can worship in the scout center. We can worship in the street. We can worship in the car. We can worship at home. Hallelujah. Come on now. When we worship Jesus and we sit in his presence, the Bible says when we worship him, he inhabits that. He comes and he gets in that. And There's something that was happening to Mary as she sat at the feet of Jesus. Once again, it was communion. She got into Jesus and he got into her. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done. 
I know some people are thinking, good, I'm going to get in Jesus and ask for a new car and a new this. But can I, can I tell you the secret to that is that when you get in Jesus, you won't be asking for stupid stuff. If God gets in you, you won't be hungering the stuff of the world. Ooh, that's good stuff, Pastor. Ooh, hallelujah. Got my pat on the back, didn't I? Hallelujah. She was communing with God. You know what communion does once again? It puts my weakness in Jesus and it puts his strength in me. So that when I go out after I've sat at the feet of Jesus, I'm not going out in the strength of Mylon Avery. I'm going out in the strength of the Lord my God. Hallelujah. I walk in his strength. I talk in. I'm a better man when I've sat in the presence of Jesus. When I've been in his word and in prayer and I've meditated and I've worshiped and I just sat quietly and I've enjoyed him and he's enjoyed me. When I get up to go, you better believe I've got strength. I've got wisdom. I've got power. I've got what I need to do what God called me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if I don't, then I go in my own power. And it isn't long before I get frustrated. I get frustrated. I get frustrated on my job. Y'all know that? I get frustrated with people. Yeah, sometimes you frustrate me. And, and, and I pray that I frustrate you too sometimes, right? Because we're just people. And, and that's, that's what people do. We're not perfect, and we don't, don't always do what everybody thinks we should do, right? And so we can get frustrated with other people, and, and, and then we can start complaining and whining and griping. We can gripe about our boss. You can gripe about your boss all day long. You just get a new job and, and find another boss to gripe about. Come on. You can gripe about your house, go to a new house, complain about that one. You know, it's just, it's, it's not going to, it's really you and the attitude, right? We can, we can get in the flesh and complain and, and whine, and, and pretty soon we're ready to throw our hands in the air. And I've known many people who've moved to other cities because they were frustrated and burned out. I've known many people that changed wives or changed husbands because they got frustrated and burned out. I know many people that quit church and quit serving God and quit living for Jesus because they got frustrated and burned out. If they would have just took the time to stop, sit at the feet of Jesus, and just let him take their weakness and give you his strength, oh, it would transform you. It would change you. It would help you be the person you need to be so that when you go to do what God called you to do, you can do it in his power. Amen? I want to leave you with this thought this morning. You know, the New Testament church, Jesus walked. He had disciples. He walked the earth and he trained them, right? He was preparing them to change the world and spread the gospel throughout the world. He had 12 that were really close and he had a couple of them that were really, really close. Three of them, in fact, Peter, James, and John. And, and uh, he trained them so that they could go out and train other people and do things. So they had, they had been trained by him. They walked with him. They saw the dead raise up. They saw deaf ears opened and blind eyes opened and they saw the water turn into wine. Come on. They saw the miracles. They had heard, the, the, they had sat at Jesus' feet and known he was the Savior, the Son of the living God. Then after Jesus died on the cross, he appeared to them. They saw the resurrected Jesus. The Jesus who just appeared in the middle of the room without using the door. Hallelujah. Wow. These men had been transformed by the presence of Christ. And in the final hours, in the final time of Jesus being on earth, he gives them their orders. He's like, you look, you got to go into all the world and preach the gospel and, and make disciples out of all nations and spread my word and spread my kingdom. This is what I've commissioned you to do. But first, 
I want you to go to Jerusalem. And I want you to sit there in the presence of God and wait. Can I tell you something? I'm a preacher, and ministry stuff goes through my mind all the time. Like, oh, I need to do this, or I could do that. Sometimes the hardest thing about being a minister in church is trying to cut out the stuff that you don't do so you can focus on the stuff you do do because there's way too much to do. It's all these things you could do. And I can just picture Pastor Cain, Harold, and uh, Harold, I mean Peter and James and John and, and Andrew and all of them. They're, they're in the presence of God. Jesus told them to wait until something happened. Like they're going to be endued with power from on high, he said. And, and, and so they're just sitting there waiting. All the while they're thinking to themselves, man, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a, a, a donkey. I'm going to get some help. And I'm going to head in this direction and I'm going to preach this sermon. Ooh, that's a good sermon idea. I better write that down, right? And so their mind is probably going 100 miles an hour but they obeyed God and they just sat and waited they didn't start serving until they sat and you know what happened when they sat they got in unity in one accord and they began to praise God and worship him and suddenly the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 the spirit of God fell upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God and they were endued with the power that they needed in their life to do what God called them to do if it was good for the church it's good for us if the first lesson of the church is a lesson we need to learn it's this you better sit in his presence before you serve on his purpose amen come on because they sat the holy spirit came into their lives and empowered them they began to speak in another tongue they began to stand up boldly and proclaim christ and all of a sudden they were ready to go out into the world and do what god called them to do and i came to tell somebody that if you've been frustrated bitter and upset if if you feel like you're burned out and you're about ready to throw your hands in the air don't quit now don't give up now stop what you're doing and get into the presence of jesus he will transform you he will take your weakness and give you his strength he will make everything in your life line up the way it should you'll get your priorities in order and you'll be ready to go when it's time to get up amen hallelujah would you stand to your feet at this time